Welcome to the Online Business Besties Podcast, where we're dedicated to helping you build a successful online business that enables complete lifestyle, location, and financial freedom. If you're a go-getter who's dreaming of building an online business and living your best life, then you, girl, are in the right place. Each week, we'll bring you tested strategies along with stories from our guest expert besties to show you just how possible this life is and exactly how it's done. And now here's your host, online business educator, Paige Brunton. Hello, hello, ladies, and welcome to episode number 30. Today, we're talking about a topic which... Could sound kind of scammy, but it's actually legit. Uh, we're going to talk about how I make money online. So I know that's the dream for a lot of people, and it is actually possible, which is good news. So what I'm going to do in today's episode is I'm going to talk about from like the very beginning of my like making money on the internet journey. We're going to talk about all the ways that I have made money previously and currently online um, in hopes to give you an idea of sort of like the different options that are out there for you. And I'm going to talk a little bit about my experience with each one to talk about like what exactly is involved in that revenue generating strategy um, and some of the pros and cons of it to give you a sort of like a realistic look at what each of these would entail. That is what we are discussing today. I'm stoked you're joining me for it. And just before we get into the episode, there is something I want you to hear first. So you know you want to run an online business, which allows you a lifestyle of complete freedom, but you're stuck figuring out which online business idea would actually work for you. Not to worry, my online business matchmaker training is just for you. Think of the training like a cocktail. We're going to mix together the passions and talents that you already have, your dreamy ideal customer, and successfully proven online business revenue models. Get immediate access to the totally free 30-minute video training and accompanying workbook at pagebrunton.com forward slash matchmaker. Again, that's pagebrunton.com forward slash M-A-T-C-H-M-A-K-E-R. All right, so let's rewind a little bit. Back in the day, actually like quite a few years ago now, I had started a travel blog and I was blogging about travel, talking about where I was going, all these good things, like a typical travel blogger. My goal at the time was like, okay, I'd love to be able to like cover the expenses of this thing. Because I had, I mean, not huge expenses, but some expenses, um, expenses like, you know, my website. And so I would, I was like, mm, yeah, down if I could make this thing, you know, generate some income, that would be sweet. I was doing it purely out of passion and just like, I just really wanted to do it. But I mean, I figured like cherry on top would be if it could also, you know, pay its own bills. <laughs> so the very first thing which I ever did was I joined some of those like blogger network things. And through that, you would get these like opportunities emailed to you. A sponsor of whatever sort, some sort of business would get in touch with this like blogger network and would be like, hey, we want to, you know, get like 10 people to, you know, create this content for us. Can you like have your bloggers apply um, and we'll pick the ones that are like the best fit or whatever. And so that's what I did. I applied to a few of these different like opportunities and then I wrote like sponsored posts and sponsored content. Generally, you would make like maybe like two or maybe like 300 bucks or something from doing it. And basically what was entailed, it depended on like the project, but generally it was like creating some sort of content on your blog and then generally like posting to social, I don't know, a few of your social media channels about that thing as well. So that is pretty much what like the entire thing entailed. Now, mm, sponsored content is... It works to make money. I can't say that's like by any means my favorite method of really doing things. <laughs> I think sponsored content can be like a part of your business, 
but I wouldn't make it your entire business. I know a lot of travel bloggers. I went to some travel blogging conferences and a lot of them were just hopping from like one sponsored piece of content or post or working with the business to another. And it led to they never really had time to work on anything within their own business because they were just so busy doing like sponsored posts, sponsored posts, sponsored posts, pitching and landing and managing contracts and getting payments and actually creating the content, which takes a lot of time if you want to do it well, especially if you're, again, travel blogger. It generally means that you're like traveling somewhere which shouldn't be underestimated for how much time that takes. Sponsored content is one option of making money online, but I would say now that I've done some like other things, which we'll go into in a moment, I would say that doing things within your own business, creating your like own products or services um, is actually my preferred way to do things. Also, I kind of prefer affiliate opportunities as opposed to like sponsored posts because say with an affiliate opportunity, say if I create a podcast episode now and I mention something that I use and then I have like an affiliate link that this like podcast drives to, then I make recurring revenue generally from that for like a long period of time. And you tend, if you have like a genuinely engaged audience, then you will end up making more in the long run, I think, than just getting like $200 for like a post here or there. So it's an option, not my favorite option, but when you get started out, it can work. The other thing which I did at the time back with the travel blog was I did ads on my website. In order to do this, you need to have a decent amount of traffic for it to generate like any amount of income. I mean, it's very easy in terms of like the actual like putting the ads on your website. It's very simple. You sign up with like an ad company. You can do like Google AdWords or some of the other ones out there. Things like Mediavine. I keep hearing about it. I've never actually used it, but people can always talk about it. You put the ads on your website and then for every like thousand views or thousand, I don't know, page views or whatever and thousand views of the ad, then you get paid like, I don't know, a couple cents or something. If you have a high traffic website, this could bring you in decent income. If you're getting like 200 people to your blog every month, it's not going to do much for you at this point. But again, in terms of like ease, this is probably one of the easiest things that you could do. So yeah, if you're creating really great content and getting people to your website, that would be an easy way to go to get started. The other thing you can do is you can be an affiliate. And so I did this when I have the travel blog. And now I do this again now when I have my like business, which I have now. I had very different success rates with them too. So when I did this with the travel blog, I would basically just do like Amazon affiliate links to like the suitcase I was using or like the GoPro I was using when I was on my travels, things like that. I didn't really know much about affiliate marketing. And so I just had like a page that had like some links to the things I use. That was pretty much it. And so I didn't do a great job of it. And honestly, when it comes to like Amazon specifically, the amount that you're making is so, so minimal. It's like, I don't know, a couple cents if someone buys something. Now, I don't want that to discourage you from thinking about making an affiliate strategy your strategy because it could definitely work exceptionally well. Um, But there's just some things that you might want to do to make it more effective than what I was doing at the very beginning. So things that you do to make it more effective is use something other than just like Amazon affiliate, whatever. You can go to directly to specific companies if you're like, I always use your thing. Or I've heard of travel bloggers who have gone to specific like tour companies and then they've like negotiated like an affiliate agreement or whatever. And so This can generate good income, but it kind of depends on the affiliate program that you're in or using. So just using Amazon isn't the greatest thing in the world, I would say. But you can work with other companies that have like higher affiliate 
payouts percentages, which could be helpful for you. The other thing which I made a mistake with at the beginning was that I would just like have a page be like, these are my resources or like my travel stuff. But the way, the sort of like better way to do affiliate marketing is to like create genuinely valuable, uber useful content around that thing. So for example, now I use something called ConvertKit for my email list. And so I have entire blog posts being like, okay, here's like the beginner's guide to convert kit or whatever. Um, if you go to the show notes for this episode, page brunton.com forward slash the number 30, page brunton.com forward slash 30, then you can check out the links to some of these posts. Just sort of see an example of like affiliate marketing done better. <laughs> so if you go to these posts, you'll see that I'm doing like whole guides on how to use this thing or why I've chosen this thing. And then it has the affiliate links in there. So if someone chooses to use it, then I do make that percentage. So that is the better way of doing affiliate marketing. Affiliate marketing can generate you solid, solid income, but it's just a matter of doing it well. And how I was doing it at the very beginning, I would have to say it wasn't like well. Now we do a much better job with it and it does bring in a decent percentage of our income. So that's great. Moving from the travel blog over to what I was doing after that was the um, web design studio. So I came to the realization this is when I moved to Germany. Again, if you don't know my story, head to podcast episode number one, you'll hear it. I moved to Germany and was like, okay, sweet. Don't speak German. Need to find a way to, you know, sustain myself in a country where I don't speak the language. And decided to take my, like, at the time, part-time side hustle web design business full-time. I also, at that point, stopped the travel blog. The reason I stopped the travel blog was because I realized if I was splitting my energy between these two things, I wasn't really going to do either one very well. I had a bit of money that I could live off of for like a couple months, and but then I needed to, you know, generate some income somehow. I decided that offering like one-on-one services directly or like doing you know, a service for people was going to generate income a lot quicker than trying to like, I don't know, do a zillion sponsored posts and somehow like quadruple my traffic on my website for sidebar ads and I don't know, do a better job with affiliate marketing. So I decided that offering services would be sort of like the faster way. And I did realize from, again, going to those travel blogger conferences and talking with other travel bloggers was that a lot of them, their travel blog was not sustaining them full time on the road. They often were doing jobs like they were being a virtual assistant or they were doing social media marketing for companies or something. So generally, they needed to have something else on the side to help them, you know, continue on with their little travel, their travel blogging dreams. So I started an Etsy shop offering my like custom Squarespace website design services. And so Etsy was very useful for the fact that there was no way in heck I was going to be ranking on page one of Google or like how the heck was someone going to find me as like a brand new web designer. And I figured like people were going to Etsy and then they were searching in, you know, the search bar um, for like Squarespace website design. And then I actually had a chance of being seen. And so that's how I started at the very beginning. That was the way which I figured I could like get clients. Honestly, it did work. And I did get projects through Etsy and I worked on a few of them for them. So generally, though, some issues with Etsy is like the pricing is generally much lower than like the industry average for website designs. So I was not making nearly as much as I sort of should have been for the work that I was doing, I guess you would say. And then also you pay Etsy fees, which takes a percentage out of your um profit or revenue. So there's that. But anyways, um, in terms of getting like found at the very beginning, honestly, Etsy was useful for that. So I'll give it to Etsy for that one. From that point, what I did was I was trying to figure out like, okay, I don't want to be on Etsy for forever. How do I, you know, get clients otherwise? I started doing all the things that I could think of. And I posted some web design work online on a website called Dribble, which is sort of a place where designers go to post their work and check out other people's work. And it just so happens that there was a web design agency in 
Philadelphia who needed more Squarespace website designers. They were kind of like searching through the internet trying to find decent web designers. Um, they came across my work on Dribbble, got in touch with me, and then asked them me to be one of their like contract designers. So from that point, they would just like send me projects every once in a while. And the projects would be maybe up to like, I don't know, like $1,000 or something. Again, I wasn't making 100% of the sale. They were taking a decent chunk of it because they were they actually like fully managed the projects, communicated with the communicated with the clients, got all the content and everything together. I literally just had to do like the actual website design. So yeah, there was like an income split in that situation or a revenue split in that situation. So that was how I was getting clients up until that point. Now again, not a super sustainable long-term option that I wanted to be, you know, doing for forever. So that is when I really like got my acting gear and started figuring out how to market my web design business properly so I could get my own clients. It did indeed work. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> and I truly started booking clients and then eventually fully booked myself out with web design clients. When I very first got started, my projects would be like $2,500. And then towards the end of my time doing like custom site designs, projects would be up to like nine grand. So there was definitely a difference in sort of like how I was getting clients as to the revenue that you can generate from it. Um, and also, of course, the fact that I was significantly more experienced and sort of seen as the expert in the industry definitely helped along with like generating more income from it. Again, you can use things like Etsy or like going through an agency at the beginning, but maybe not the best long-term strategy. From there, I also started offering web design, like website audits. I found a lot of people sort of who had like DIY'd their website. They wanted to sort of have like a designer's eye on it and realize like, oh, did I like not do something to best practices or like, how am I doing? Could I do better with things related to like SEO or design or settings or whatever? Do I have everything right? So I started offering website audits as well. And I generally sold those through my, just directly through my website. It was a service mentioned on my website and traffic came to the website from the blog, which I had created a ton of content on like how to do things related to Squarespace, which brought in the sort of ideal clients that I wanted to my website. I also did offer those a little bit to my email list and would sell them that way as well. So I think a website audit, I think it was like 250 or $300. So that was another way. Next, once I, again, fully booked myself in my web design business, I was stuck with the situation of like, okay, can't take on any more clients, literally don't have enough time in the day. Like, what do I do? Considered becoming a web design agency, but decided that wasn't really like wasn't going to fit my lifestyle very well. I started referring clients to other designers and they would get like a very small percentage. I don't want to take a huge amount, but I would get like a small percentage of the sale um, if I referred clients to other designers. So that was another thing which I did. And then the other major thing which I did at that point when I like had fully booked myself out was I decided to build some online courses to basically teach or actually I just had the intention of creating the first one to teach people like, okay, maybe don't have the budget for like a custom web designer or honestly maybe you even do have the budget but really you just want to know like truly understand how to update and edit your website yourself so i created my course square secrets which helps people create really fabulous squarespace websites so i figured like if i can't work with all these people who want to work with me what i could do is i could show them basically like everything i know and teach them all my like hacks and secrets and show them how to re create a really fabulous website that they can then do themselves and this is a much more scalable offering because again the business and the audience had grown significantly from my time of creating content online, I was able to just serve way more people. So I could be like sitting at dinner, eating with, I don't know, eating dinner with my family, and people could be learning from me how to do their website at the same time. So again, it was just a way that I wasn't then working one-on-one -on -one with people, but then could offer sort of this like knowledge and expertise to a greater number of people. So that was my first online course. And then from there, um, 
people kept asking me how to become a website designer. So I ended up creating my second course, Square Secrets Business, which teaches people how to do exactly that, become Squarespace website designers and build their web design business. And so those are my two online courses. And that is another revenue stream, a major one for us. As well, one of my focuses for revenue is affiliate income. Um, So sort of like coming back to affiliates, I affiliate for the generally like things that I actually use and like and have found useful in my life. So things like all of the softwares, which I use in my business, and also a couple of online courses, which I've taken and have found very useful. There is a shop um, of legal templates, which I also affiliate for because I've had to use them myself and they're uber useful. (laughs) So those are the different types of things. So I basically, and another key to like doing affiliate income well is to like promote things that you genuinely use and they could talk about your experience with them. People are always asked, hey, I'm debating like what email marketing platform should I use? They want my advice and then I can be like, okay, sweet. Well, this is what I chose and this is why I chose it and this is why I think it's the best one or the best in this situation. So whatever. And then I can give like a genuine recommendation and also get a percentage of the sale from that. The next revenue stream, which I will be implementing very soon, actually could be up by the time you listen to this episode. So I'm creating a shop of digital products. There are quite a few things which I have ideas for, which people keep asking me how to do certain things. And so I'm basically creating a digital product, either like sort of like a mini course um, or a training of some sort or like a guide on how to do certain things. And so those will all be put into a shop of digital products. And then the last form of revenue, um, which is going to be coming up soon, is podcast sponsors. So the fabulous thing, if you create content with a podcast as opposed to like, actually, no, if you create content on YouTube, you could have YouTube ads, which would then create or generate you income. A blog, I guess you could do sidebar ads. So yeah, I guess there's actually an option with every form of content that you produce as to how you can generate income with it. But anyway, so with the podcast specifically, very useful because it's very common to have sponsors on your podcast. So we will also be adding sponsors onto the podcast to sort of help the podcast generate revenue. So yeah, those are all of the different ways which I have previously generated revenue in my online business and made money online um, and how I do it currently. So I hope it gave you a bit of an idea of some ways that you could do things too and a little bit of insight as to like what I found to be the most useful or not so useful. Again, you can take my recommendations with a grain of salt and do whatever you want, but I hope seeing some insight for my own business is helpful to you. Thanks so much for hanging out with us for this episode of the Online Business Besties podcast. If you love the show, be sure to leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And of course, check out the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at pagebrunton.com. 